Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, see it all together if you with me now. I bought this new projector, and now I'm just like, ah, this one isn't good enough. I need a better one. <laughs> I need yeah, that's what that 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 are bright, like even with the lights on. You know, one of those twenty five dollar yeah. ones. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 four K short throws, um, yeah. which is the next. Like I keep on delaying the like um like me and my wife have been talking about like like I want the home theater, but. Mm-hmm. Like it's an expensive proposition because, like you know, new, uh, new, uh, new screen, uh, the short throw, and then the installation of it because I want it done right. Um, it's all kind of like that's a lot of money. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you get into projectors, and projectors last you for like five years because the, the, that tech doesn't get changed. Like once they're in 4K, like what they are, once they're in 4K laser. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. like I mean, what are you going to do? The 8Ks? Like, 8K is not going to be... Like, I know that 8K the is The difference around. is so negligible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Once you're exactly. that high, the difference is so negligible. It's oh, just no, like... I mean, it, it's like hmm. the only thing... Like, yeah. Your like, eye can't it, see that. <laughs> no, you can't. I mean, it can barely... It, like, you can barely tell the difference on a great Blu-ray and a bad 4K. But, like, a great 4K and a bad Blu-ray, yeah, you can see the difference, right? Like, like there's a certain, like, level of, like, I was talking to somebody and it's like, there's a certain level of picture that you get to and you need it, right? Um, because it just, it magnifies everything. Yeah. But, like, if you're, if you're heading, like, he was telling me, because he does, like, he does all this stuff, the AV stuff. He was telling me, he's like, unless you're going to go 100, like, anywhere between 120 and 150 inches, on your on your screen don't do it like if you're doing anything under 100 stay with an 85 inch oled or led if you can find them um because the the picture yeah it's a little bit bigger but it, there's not a difference and then you're contending with light and ambient light and shit which is something that you don't deal with on an 85 inch which yeah. is what i have and i mean you know it's a big i mean i like my i love my tv i've had it for four years now this 4k sony thing that i have that's 3d it has everything 4k 3d adobe vision all that shit so um <sighs> but anywho um so are we just gonna yeah. should we just are you not gonna cut off any of that shit and then just, just fucking i mean i've go? only been recording for two minutes so uh, okay. uh you want to just jump in yeah let's just go ahead and do it dude Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And uh, yeah, we're just going to leave that all that in. We're talking about TVs and I mean, Black Friday is fast it's approaching. Here. So I, I mean, in some places it's already here. Like yeah. I I've bought I bought a bunch of $6 Blu-rays uh, because they're not in my they're I my, went not to in Best my Buy. They didn't have anything <sighs> locally. So I was so disappointed. I I got the 4K of which some people will go why, but they were ten bucks for 4Ks. I got um, Shazam: Fury of the Gods, which I actually enjoyed, and then I got um, uh, Black Adam. So Mm. 
the hierarchy has shifted in 4K. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let me see. Let's see. I got um, like I'm waiting for my last year's Oscar package, which is like consistent of like a seven dollar Blu-ray of Banshees of Insurance, the menu, and a couple of other things. I've already gotten my 4K seven dollar. Uh, I mean, because I could. I, I mean, how can you? Okay, so like, how can you? pass up the newest transformers movie in 4k when it's like eight bucks like you can't yeah, i mean that's i'm gonna that's watch like, it more than once yeah you're not gonna get it used for eight dollars not for no you know a, a long time yeah a four or five years time. so yeah, it's um, really hard to pass that stuff i'm hoping that the uh, walmart will have because they usually have some decent uh black friday yeah. deals um, uh, that is true. That is true. Um, I think I was, last year uh, I got Venom and Morbius, Venom Two and Morbius for like eight bucks on Blu-ray. I no, actually, I think it was five dollars. I think it was, was like it five, five yeah. nine. I think it was like <laughs> when we talked about it last year. I think it was, I think it was like six, like five ninety-nine, six dollars a piece. Yeah. To which I was like, I won't do that with Morbius, but I will do that with Venom. <laughs> uh, let the carnage, uh, Venom. Let the carnage rain, rain. Um, uh, so, but yeah, like I've gotten, I've gotten Puss in Boots, both Puss in Boots in 4K, which both of those movies I fucking love. Uh, they're the, they're I've literally never the seen either one of them. <laughs> Bro, they're, I, they're yeah, the, no. <laughs> they're the Zen, they're, okay, they're, they're the Zorro movies that, that Selma and Antonio Banderas should have made like during that era, right? They should have gotten rid of Catherine Zeta Jones like really truly had cast like that that is always my biggest misnomer and the the two zoro movies that they made they're fantastic but you don't pay you don't pay selma hayek whatever she wanted to be in fucking the the zoro movie because i mean like like you're i mean come on like you're getting the english Catherine zeta jones who's not even an ounce of latino but anywho um, that's neither here nor there, but, um, yeah, the, the first two, uh, the, the two Puss in Boots, Boots movies for, uh, like 10 bucks each, um, a lot of just like really random 4Ks, uh, because, you know, they're on sale, like a $10 4K is like the new $5 Blu-ray, right? Um, so yeah, so like I've been doing a little bit of shopping, um, have not been watching a lot of new stuff. Um, I have, oh. Here's an interesting thing since we're talking about purchasing and stuff. Um, I got my PlayStation Portal, uh, Portable Portal, or it's called PlayStation Portal. So I got my PlayStation Portal, um, and it's been an experience to get it set up. Um, okay. It's interesting because – so um, I'm going to tell people that I, I don't – I'm actually writing an article about it. I have a I have a irregular column called uh, Casual Gamer that I write about things, and I'm actually going to write about this because it's it's that important, which is, is that I feel like people – certain people should not buy this, specifically people who don't have a good 5G wire, uh, wireless mesh network because – and I thank PlayStation for doing this for me because it's been a long time in the running that I needed to actually properly set up my mesh network uh, to prioritize what's on G, uh, what's on 5G or 5 gigahertz and what's on 2.4 gigahertz. Because if you don't, the inconsistency in the portal shows because that's what happened was I opened it up, plugged it in, 
Everybody said it's easy. All you need to do is just make sure that you connect it to the internet. Your internet is a connected, solid connection. I did, and there was nothing but problems when I first played it. Um, it wasn't. It kept on skipping and jumping because my internet connection. So it forced me to go in and look at my mesh network, which was just an utter chaos. It was utter chaos. Like everything Apple was prioritized. So the first thing I did was I took I had to literally reorganize and spend like three hours going through my Nesh network, updating it, um, going through to make sure that the 5G was clean and available and that um, that the channels were constantly being refreshed uh, so that the connection stream stayed put. I had to make sure that all of my Apple products did not. I had to basically I had to basically turn off the priorities in my Apple stuff. And on my Nash network because Apple has security settings that allow them to be always at the top of the of the mesh network or the mesh like hierarchy, right? Dude, fucking three hours for this shit just to get my portal to play properly. <laughs> but now I will tell you this much. Now, like now that I have it and I spent that time there, the the portal plays beautifully. Um, I've been playing uh, Spider Man uh, two on it. Uh, just not main quest, but just like side quest, just to test it out, right? Because I don't want to do the main quest on the, I want to do the main quest on the big screen. Um, and so it's interesting how that kind of functionally made my, my internet kind of what it should have been like three years ago when I got this mesh, but really didn't have the wherewithal or the, the, the motivation to do it. But yeah. It it's still probably about two updates away from really kicking ass. Um, it's nice. It it's it's beautiful. Like for two hundred bucks, the handle on it, like the thing alone, like the screen and the and the the controls, because the control is basically an exploded version of the PlayStation controller. It's beautiful. It works perfectly. It's exactly what I would have wanted in an updated. Um, PSP, like I mean, this is a PSP, right? But it's it's you're you're connecting to the internet. It's basically a portal, right? Which kind of sucks, but kind of doesn't because it lets me play all of my games, right? Like from wherever I want to in the house. Like sometimes I just don't want to be in front of the front screen, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but I think that for people that are just like they have a PS3. Or I'm sorry, they have a PS5 and they don't have a net mesh network and they just have like a regular, like, you know, they don't have an updated internet, wireless internet network or a mesh network uh, with 5G. I would strongly, strongly recommend to not buy this because it all it's going to do is frustrate you, um, you know, uh, because like latency issues, image issues, um, just streaming issues, because you're going to just constantly disconnect. Like this thing needs the newest in Wi-Fi technology. So like if you yeah. don't have a mesh, if you don't have a 5G mesh, and that's like that's even an other trickier thing, because as you already know, it's not just good enough to have a 5G wireless mesh network. Your Internet provider has to provide you with 5G. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah <sighs> that's that's frustrating <laughs> because mm -hmm. like you've 
you've created a niche product that is awesome but is also niche like you know it's not and it's not even like the like the vr stuff which is kind of niche but like yeah accessible to everyone like if you can afford it this isn't even a if you can afford it thing it's you've yeah. got to afford it you've got to be able to afford the network and you've got to be able to afford like going with somebody that's not going to fuck you over in your on your network basically yeah. <laughs> which is difficult cuz then then your internet is your internet bill is, you know, depending on where you live, is yeah, could you be. know, can be astronomical, you know. Exactly, exactly. Like I've I've had this five G for a while, um, and it's definitely, it's definitely more expensive. Like it, it definitely, like I I will tell you, like it's an extra forty dollars. Like I was paying eighty nine ninety nine. I'm now paying one twenty nine ninety nine. Um, but, but yeah, well, but you know, in my, in my package, I get free basic streaming cable from spectrum. Like they have a spectrum app, but it doesn't have any sports channels. It doesn't have any of the normal channels. Um, though it doesn't matter because I, I subscribe to all of the streaming services. So they all have their live version of it. So like Peacock has channel four, um, CBS has, uh, or I'm sorry, Paramount has CBS, I'm sorry, NBC, Peacock has NBC, not Channel yeah. 4, because I know that other people have other channels. Um, uh, um, Fox I don't is have the, the difficult food. one to get, right? Yes, it is. Uh, it is. But I may I may password swap with somebody that has YouTube TV yeah. that gets me Fox. Um, Fox, is, Fox and um, ABC. ABC. Because ABC, you have to go with Hulu, and then Hulu has live TV, and then that's an extra, like, I think it's $120 a month. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. Like, it's a wild, wild west out there. But, um, but yeah, I get 5G. Um, so, like, our, like, my network now is running smooth and it's ever ran. Thank you, Sony, for that, that clusterfuck. But at the same time, I already know people that would just fucking throw that thing across the room. If they oh, couldn't, yeah. If they couldn't. I... I can't imagine the frustration. I would have given up. Like I've just been like, you know what? I this is this obviously was not meant for me. So, <laughs> um, I will say I will say this much. Um, it's it's a beautiful system, but in Sony, in in true Sony fashion, just like with mini discs, just like with um, just like with everything else, like with the exception of DVDs and Blu-rays, or with Blu-ray, um, it's the tech that is so niche that it's so weird how Sony does that. How they'll release something that's the better product, beta, um, but eventually it it just it it's because it's too expensive that it loses out, and yeah. and. I feel like this is not this is not like expensive upfront. This is like hidden costs expensive yeah. if you don't have if you're not if you're <laughs> not a techie, right? And it's like buying the new Call of Duty, thinking you're gonna have a like man, I can't wait to play this and you boot it up yep. and you're like, the fuck is all this other shit I have to pay for? <laughs> exactly. Or, or like the 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 uh, the two K games. 
like all the 2K games, mm-hmm. right? Like, like NBA, like somebody was telling me, like, they ended up spending like $400 on NBA 2K this year because they want the li- they wanted the limited edition Kobe Kobe version with all of the different covers and steelbooks. That's $129, right? Then they had to get their subscription updated for the year, which is like I was like what there's a subscription for 4K for 2K? Then that's that's like $89. Then they wanted the custom uh no latency wireless controller that um that comes with it. Uh the custom Kobe one that wasn't included in the $129 version, which I was like what do you get in there? postcards steelbooks and the downloadable content that you add on to your 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 system right i was like holy shit i was like what this is like ridiculous what the fuck are you guys doing but you know what um nba 2k uh like like there is a very it's a very special kind of person that is an nba 2k fan and i know that that's what they're gonna pay so it's interesting, right? Like how that how that works. How how the hidden costs come out, and you're like. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm over here moving backwards because, like, so uh, I I bought those two movies at Best Buy, and I I perused yeah. the video games just to see if they had anything on sale, and they had Skyward Sword on the Switch for forty five dollars, oh, nice. and oh. I was like, you know, I never played Skyward Sword, and brand new for forty five bucks. It's a pretty good deal. That's about yeah. what I can get for it on Amazon, I think. And yeah. so I was like, ah, I'm just going to go ahead and buy it. So I bought Skyward Sword. <laughs> so I'm moving backwards in video games. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm I'm paying an arm and a leg in time and pain uh, to stay on the cusp of <laughs> modern tech. Um, I did want to I did want to kind of uh, talk to you about because I'm close to the end of Spider-Man. I took my time. I'm actually leveling up so that the the ending is a little bit easier for me. I I always get super frustrated in these games that things aren't easier for me until I level up because sometimes I just want to vibe, right? Yeah. But I I'm going to tell you this, like if Spider-Man 2 doesn't win game of the year, um I don't know what the fuck is out there and why so, why people are who they are. So did did the Zelda game come out this year or last year? This year. So you think Spider-Man 2 over the new Zelda? Yes, because the okay, so this is the thing that we have not talked about. I played the Zelda game and I'm probably going to send it out to you. So don't buy it. Um, I'm going to send it out to you. Incredibly frustrating. It could have ruined my me. life. <laughs> yeah. I, I am here to ruin your life, Logan. I, I am. <laughs> but I mean, it is incredibly frustrating. Though, because you liked the craft aspect. Okay, so like, here's the thing. I think it comes down to the kind of gamer you are. Um, I'm a very specific type of gamer, right? Like, I know that about myself. I know that I... I like Ponderous, but I like Ponderous with a purpose. Um, And the Zelda games have, like, and this is something that's really, like, this is the first game that I'm not going to, like, in the last, say, 10 years of Zelda that I've purchased that I'm not going to complete. Because it is so utterly frustrating because it is so Ponderous to me. But I know that you loved the Ponderous aspect, the wandering Ponderous aspects of, um, is it not Wind Waker? Oh shit! What is it called? Um, the, the, last the last one. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever it's called, Z- Zelda. I'm gonna go f- uh, gone fishing. <laughs> Zelda gone fishing, gone hunting. Um, uh, Zelda Baker edition. Um, 
And it, it doubles down on that. It really yeah. doubles down on that it, it, to a point to where it's in, integrated into the story. And uh, like, I'm not that dude. Like I'm, I'm a dude that likes to ponder and wander. Like, I mean, I spent, I just checked my, my Spider-Man um, and my Miles Morales, like hours on my PS. Um, Miles, I'm running around 60 hours, uh, but Spider-Man with the DLC, I'm over 120 hours. That is unreal because I just go on there and I vibe. Like I just go through, beat up people, try to get all the like I I'm I've been at a hundred percent on that game um since I played it last year, since probably March or, or March or April. But then I go back to it every once in a while because I just want to just like soar around the the city, right? With no yeah. general purpose other than to occasionally beat up people or do something wild like tricks or scale up the fucking uh, Avengers building, whatever I want to do, right? Yeah. Um, but this game isn't like the Zelda game is is all that, but it's got this component of like arts and crafts that I I like I have to be I'm not into I was not into and it didn't vibe with me and I was very very mad at myself but then I realized I was like eh, I mean it's just not you do like that's just not the that's not the way that you roll like you you like old school Zelda top facing I'm not gonna like make you do any kinds of arts and crafts or try to make you sing a song or some shit and just like like go on a quest right yeah um so with that but yeah but I think that this year, more than any year, like I started looking at the like Baldur's Gate, uh, Spider-Man 2, some of these games that are up for game of the year uh, through the Gaming Association. And I'm like, man, they're very like experiential to whatever kind of gamer you are, right? Like this year more than any year. Like the Zelda is the most Zelda game that you could ever play. Spider-Man, the most Spider-Man game I've ever played. Like so much so that it feels I, I want to get my hands on Wonder, man. Ooh, that one. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, I, I want to, I want to play, uh, whatchamacallit. Um, I'd like to play, uh, Alan awake. Um, yeah. but if there's no, uh, there's no like wonder, like I, everything I've heard about wonder is that it is the ultimate Mario Mario RPG game. Like, I like, I, I mean, I've seen the, I've seen the trailers for it and I'm like, holy shit. That's fucking kind of crazy. Um, so I'm still playing Super Mario U. <laughs> but you know what? That game, Super Mario U, you could play. You could play for six months and still be entertained and not like straight. Dude, I, I've been playing it for a while, and I so I beat the the Mario level, and then yeah. I, I it open you know it opens up Superstar Road or whatever it's called. Yeah. I'm like, oh, great, more levels to play. But then I, I, you know, from the main menu, you can do Super Luigi U. And oh. so I started playing that, which is just the, the sh like shorter versions of the levels with Luigi, who has a different skill set. And so now I'm playing through as Luigi. And I mean, it, it's, it's pretty expansive for a game that i was very just like oh i got this pretty cheap and i like mario games and i've been playing it for like three months wow okay i mean i only I mean, play that's... for like 
20, 30 minutes a day, maybe. Okay. But at the same time, I mean, that that's like, that's kind of like the sweet spot, right? Like for um, me, for sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if it's like that, the Zelda game, that, that was the problem with the Zelda game is it, it took over my life and that's all I was doing. I was like, I have to stop playing this game. So when I, I, I beat the final boss, I was like, you got to put this down because I, I will just wander around forever just doing random things, you know? No, absolutely. Because it allows you to do that. That game yes. allows you like, um, and I mean, like a lot of the best games allow you to do that. Like I'm having like, so like when I finished Spider-Man 2, um, like when I finish the story proper, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be going between that and um, the first God of War because the God of War story finishes rather quickly, but there's literally like, <sighs> I was reading something and it's like the story proper is about 30 ish hours. Right. But then the content that you can go, the side quests is something like 80 hours of content that if you're, if you're willing to take your time and go through all of it, it's some really great stuff that takes you through the various, like, it's basically like Jotunheim and it's like all of the, the trees and you can go into the different worlds. And the main story is such a small component of that game that what, like, I stopped it when another game came out, but I knew that I wanted to go back to it. So I am going to go back to that game, um, which those are the kinds of games I love. Like Spider-Man is like that where the main story is X number of hours, but there's so many side quests. There's so many things that you could get. And I'm the kind of guy that I want all the fucking spider suits, man. And I'm going to tell you, they have all the fucking spider suits and more, right? Um, they even have uh, the ability to switch over to a more um, into the Spider-Verse style New York where you can actually make it a little bit more animated and less realistic. Um, it's fucking wild, dude. I mean, like, just the villains alone, like, the the way that they have packed this game and the kind of, like, surprise elements there, uh, there's one thing where you're wondering, why the fuck are they doing this? Um, and then when it turns and you realize what they're doing and you realize the story that they're telling... Um, it's like an added kick bonus for like what will probably be Spider-Man three um, because there's like, you know, because of the symbiote, there's a lot of things that happen in the in the story that kind of like make it very interesting. It's not um, like I just wish that these guys were able to take like if these guys could take the side movies, uh, like if Insomniac could like get into the movie business, I'd want them to take sony's side hustle of like rando fucking stupid superhero movies from uh, from like the spider-man's canon and let them make those movies because what they do with these characters like it's it almost makes the the stuff that sony does even more of an insult if that's possible because it's just that good like negative man i mean negative man comes back and you have to deal with the consequences of that. Like, like because Miles, like, you know, because of what happened to Miles and, oh, I, you probably don't know, like, if you've never played Miles Morales. But, I mean, it's like, 
all of it is so tight and it's so like what I like about the Spider-Man two game is it's probably one of the most emotional games that you'll play. If you're invested in the, this version of the insomniac Spider-Verse, it's so emotionally tied to everything. It's kind of uh, it like there's a side quest with pigeons that I had to walk away from going, God damn it, this goddamn game. Like it just kind of got it, it hit me in like a like it hit me in an emotional spot and I, I'm not like like Ghost of Tsushima is the only game that got me kind of like emotionally invested so take that as what you will but I mean it's it's really it's a really great game and I'm super enjoying it and I'm I'm very disappointed that I'm almost at the end but I've heard that they've got some DLCs planned over the next year or so um, so I'm excited about that. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Like Spider-Man two for me, game of the year. Um, Speaking like it's of just it's, Spider-Man, hmm? Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man, Joel Spider-Man. So, uh, <laughs> Marvel has one comic book film coming out next month, next year. I mean, next year, Deadpool yeah. three. Yep. I don't think DC has anything for the next two years almost um, except no, actually, for aquaman right aquaman no and uh, uh 2024 or 2025 is uh superman he's starting production like james gunn is okay, into production. Okay. i think i think so nothing think in 2024 though but definitely in no, 2025 nothing. i think that they said some animated stuff but i mean come on like animated stuff is a little bit different um but no live action big budget movies yeah uh, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, Tim and I were talking about it last night, and he was like, "What about Creature Commandos?" I was like, "That's going to be a show." He was like, "No, it's not. It's going to be a movie." I was like, "Hundred percent going to be a show, dude." <laughs> and an animated show at that. Yeah, it's not going to be a, a live action movie. Come on, dude, get with the program. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, meanwhile, Sony has three. Fucking comic book movies coming out next year. Yeah. We've already oh seen the trailer for Craven, which was supposed to hit this year and then pushed to next year. Um, and we know Venom 3 is coming, though it will likely be the end of the year. Yeah, it's um, going to hit that October spot that yeah. um, that it's hit every, uh, every year that it's it, like... The all three Venom movies have been released at the first of October, and they've done gang uh, the first two Venom movies, and they did gangbusters. Yeah, I so can't they, imagine they would deviate from that. No, they're definitely not. I, we know this. And then now we have the trailer for uh, a movie that, like, I mean, I was pretty sure wasn't really gonna ever exist. Although I guess they finished filming. Um, Madam Web. Which has to be the the like Spider-Man spinoff literally no one fucking asked for. And nobody wants. I mean yeah, like nobody who like <laughs> who is this made for? Like I don't know. Like, like literally, like who is this made for? Like I have no like I sat there and I had to I watched the trailer three times. Like and I just kept on going, what? Wait, 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 what? So basically you're like, so 
rather than try to get Dakota Johnson as Black Cat, which would have been a great kind of like weird older woman, younger, like younger, younger kid, like I like completely different energy because like that's who like she's essentially like I watched this fucking trailer and just went, she's Black Cat with powers. Like, literally, like, her attitude, the way that she approaches things, and the fact that, okay, so, like, why the fuck doesn't she have a suit? Why? Why, I, is, I, why I, is this movie set up like a like a teen <laughs> slasher movie? Like, literally, this yeah. is a teen slasher movie. Well, so, here's, here's, there's so much weirdness to this whole thing. Like, yes. The, the cast is pretty solid, but honestly... The cast of all of these Sony movies have all been pretty solid. It's yes. not the casting that's the problem. Generally, the script and the editing has been the problem. Um, you have Sydney Sweeney as Julia Carpenter, um, who uh, like nobody in this movie is super like. I mean, there there are people that comic book fans would know, but yeah, like they're not, they're just not big superheroes. Julia Carpenter is spider a one of the Spider Women. Yes, um, like if if you if you've seen Spider Woman in a black suit with a white web, like blonde hair, that's Julia Carpenter. So, and then you have Emma Roberts. As Mary Parker, uh, who is basically also a Spider Woman, <laughs> yeah, supposedly. Um, you got Adam Scott, <laughs> who is playing Ben Parker. So, yeah, is this the origin of? I like. I I don't know. Like, is so uh, there's a couple of bins in Spider-Man's world. Yeah. So uh there's Uncle Ben, of course, and uh I don't think that's who Adam Scott is playing. But we okay. c- could be wrong. Yeah. Um I uh, and then you have I mean uh, yeah, I mean you have but okay, so I don't understand any of this and why they're doing it the way that they're doing it. Like, like you said, Ben Parker, like Mary Parker. Um, you've got, you've got, uh, what's her name? Uh, you've got Maddie Franklin um, playing another Spider Woman. Um, you got, uh, I mean, I I just barely know Ezekiel Sims. Like I. I know him as a character, but I don't know him. Um, but he seems to be the main villain of the piece, which I'm like, okay. Uh, it just yeah, he comes from the the J. Michael Straczynski run, yes. which went into this whole like spider totem, like it's this this like godlike power that has basically been handed down. It's kind of the beginnings of the spider uh, verse, basically. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, if that's like, I don't, 
I'm stumbling over my words because, like, literally, I don't know what the fuck this is supposed to be. Like, okay, so Mary Parker, is she Mary Parker, like, Peter's mom? Like, or is she Mary Parker, like, some other, like, alternate universe Mary Parker um, who, you know, is whatever. So Ben Parker could also be a reference to Ben Riley, who was the clone of Spider-Man. Um, because Adam Scott is, he's not young, young, but he's like our age, but like, he's still pretty young. Yeah. I, I, he's okay. So like, here's the thing. Like, I feel like in true Sony fashion, they've taken everything and cluster fucked it to like a point to where it's like you don't even like you don't even recognize what they're doing with the characters and why because this is very much like the morbius thing right like i know morbius as one thing and it was not that fucking thing that was on screen that that played out in like what's possibly the worst comic book movie of 2022 and i've seen black adam <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Morbius was worse than Black Adam. Black Adam, oh, yeah. you could follow. Morbius was fucking bizarre. Um, yeah. You also have uh, Isabella Merced playing Anya Corazon, who is also Spider Woman in yeah. the Marvel Universe. Like, there have been multiple Spider Womans in the Marvel Universe, which is fine, but now they're all together. And then uh, you have uh, uh, Celeste O'Connor playing uh, Maddie Franklin, who, guess what, is also Spider-Woman in the Marvel Universe. Like, I I don't know what the hell the point of all this is. So, I, I, I don't know, it's very, very confusing. But I will say this. It could be really, really fun. The problem is, like, we talked about this last week when we found out Sony was going to do the Zelda movie. The problem is it's Sony. Like, if this were... Yeah. If if A24 came up and then we saw this trailer, I think we'd be having a different reaction. We might. We might. Um, we like you know what it'll be the difference between A twenty four and Sony. A twenty four, we would we would go. Okay, I trust you. I trust you. You've you've built you've built my trust. Sony, nothing at all. Because okay, how do you take Sydney Sweeney and cast her as Julia Carpenter and not Gwen Stacy as Spider Girl? Like that's an honest question. I, yeah, I I don't know. Like. Like, you have these kids... Like, okay, so... Are you waiting because you think you can get a name for Sp- uh, for, for Gwen Stacy as Spider-Girl? Like, like honestly, like, is that what you're trying to do? Because, like, the casting... Like, here's my problem with, with Sony, and this might be just a legal thing, is that they can only do certain things with certain people, like, with certain characters. I mean, we know that that's the case. And that, like... But the thing is, is that why do you choose Madam Web? Like, I was thinking about this really long and really hard. It's like, why, like, whose fuck decision was it to do? Like, of all of the spider women that you could make, right? 
like of the things why do you choose her but then why do you choose to make it in the 90s like do you are you trying to maybe get maybe so that for it friends? can be maybe that is uh peter's parents like maybe that's what we're going to see okay and then why does sony in every single version of their fucking spider-man stuff like with the exception of the the actual marvel controlled shit have this weird like i'm speaking about his amazing spider-man why did he have such a boner for fucking for for spider-man's parents when it's never really they've always like marvel tried to force that comic shit on us and i don't know about you but i wasn't having any of it because i didn't give a shit like i really didn't give a shit and whenever somebody tried to do ben parker like you know the ben parker kind of bullshit with like oh yeah let's do this um it always just came off stupid to me. And I was like, I don't care about Ben Parker or I don't care about Peter Parker's parents. Well, the the problem is his dad's name is not Ben. His dad's name is Richard. Is so, it? So, yes. Okay. So the Ben Parker, okay, where... that's what confuses me about calling him Ben Parker uh-huh. is that Ben is Uncle Ben or Ben Riley, right. not Ben Parker. Now, Parker. I think... That maybe somewhere there's an alternate universe where, uh, or well, no, no, no. Actually, I think uh, maybe Ben Riley took the last name Parker at some point in the books. Um, Tim or Spencer would be much better at breaking all this down than I would, because at some point I stopped giving a fuck about Spider-Man comics. Um, well, yeah, because it, it just becomes yeah, too it's fucking much. like a lot of things. It yeah, it yeah. just becomes too much. Um, so so setting in the 90s and using Mary Parker makes me think oh they're like are we going to get Spider-Man like are they literally picking up the pieces from the shit that they laid out in Amazing Spider-Man and we're going to get like that oh my like, god that would be gonna... super interesting but the problem <laughs> is his dad's name is fucking Richard not sure. Ben. <laughs> uh, unless, okay, so here's the thing. Do you remember that in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, his parents were spies? Like, yes. they were, like, corporate spies? So, the Parker name, like, this is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because this is the kind of Sony bullshit that would happen, is that if they're trying to connect Amazing Spider-Man with this... Then it becomes this whole thing of like Emma Roberts and Adam Scott are like becomes corporate spies and they change their name to Parker, which adds so much insult to injury that Peter Parker's real name is not even Peter Parker. Right. Like 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 he's like he he's basically a spy baby. Like he's he's been birthed out of this whole corporate spy espionage, stupid bullshit that they put in Amazing Spider-Man one and two, which I mean, you're. you're you're so I, I agree with you. Uh just to like from a comic standpoint, you can't yeah. fully lay that at Sony's feet because that is actually lifted from a comic book storyline. Oh man, that's some fucking bullshit. Okay. Okay. I mean, like, but then again, you know what? I think about it and like that's exactly the kind of fucking Marvel stupid shit that they did in the in the two thousands when you had when you had Straczynski wiling out and you had uh, – you started having, like, the emergence of guys like um, 
God damn it, what's his name now? I can't even think of his name. The Kingsman writer, uh, Mark Millar, and all these guys that were starting to write for for Marvel, and they had the new ideas, um, which turns out that some of it is like really kind of based into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and some of it is just utter crap. Um, but you also have Peter part- B. Parker too. Like, uh, yes, to, fucking the B shit. is for Ben. Um, yes. But it's also Peter B. Parker. Like, there's the Peter, there's the A. Peter, and then there's the yeah, B. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, which is just clever wordplay by those yeah. guys. I don't think this guy is meant to be that version of, like, if you were going to cast that movie in live action, you would just get the guy that's the voice. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yeah, you, you would just. You wouldn't you would cast just... Adam Scott. <laughs> no. Not at all. Not at all. Um, the the interesting part about this movie is that it's not produced by Amy Pascal. It's by Lorenzo uh, Di Bonaventura of the Matrix fame. Uh, he produced the Matrix. He was the like you know, which I don't even know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like it, it looks like a bad thing to me at least. I so I'm like a lot of Sony stuff. I'm down to try to take the ride. Yeah, I don't think this trailer looks as dumb as the rest of Sony's output has. Like the Venom trailers <laughs> look fun and dumb, but they kind of yeah. seem to like lean into that. Morbius wanted to be serious, and if it had leaned into like, "Hey, we're stupid too," it, it would have been better. Um, Craven also looks like it wants to be kind of serious and, and does not, the, the trailer just doesn't, doesn't do much for me. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of like a teen slasher superhero thing. Um, I'm down for whatever madness like this could be. I, I would rather them do their own thing than try to keep tying shit into each other. That's frustrating. Um, but the biggest, biggest, biggest thing I can point to much like, uh, the Marvels is that this is predominantly it's, it's, uh, female directed. It's female written. It, it's got a, a cast of females. It's, and I support all that. The problem yeah. is it's not fucking good. That's just ammunition for assholes to point and say, well, this is why you don't do that. Yep. No, you're right. You're a hundred percent right. Like it's like, it's just, it's the first impressions. And just because something is directed and written and starring females does not mean that it was hobbled by every single, at every single churn um, executives. that don't know what the fuck they're doing, which right. That's mostly what's like Sony is just that's a discombobulated. <laughs> yeah. That's literally Sony's problem because you know it's not it's not rocket science. When there's smoke, there's fire. So you know that the like, you know, everybody knows that the reason why the Sony, the the Marvel, the Marvel produced, because they are Marvel produced Sony Spider-Man movies work is because it's Kevin Feige. 
because he's told them, get the fuck out of the way. Let me bring my let me bring the people that I want and let me hire the people that I want and let me control it in the way that I want. And what's what, what gets produced? Three of like three literally like you could call them the amazing Spider-Mans for more than one reason, because they are amazing movies when you consider the the 20 like post Spider-Man two, all of the all of the like all of the Sony Spider-Man projects have just been terrible. Like just they, they just were terrible. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, do I have faith? No, not really. Can I can I take a chance on it? Will I take a chance on it? Yeah, of course. Um, I like everybody in I like everybody that's involved in the project. Like I like Dakota, uh, I like Dakota Johnson when she's allowed to uh, like have her specific set of like skill sets like working. Like when she's when she's able to be sarcastic, I feel like it's the best it, she's the best version of herself when she's allowed to be like kind of sarcastic and like you know, a little loosey goosey. Uh, Julia Sweeney, I've yet to see something that's shown on her promise, but that new uh, rom com looks like something that could very well be something for her. Um, th- but again, this literally looks like a Spider Man or the Spider Verse version of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah, but with bigger special effects. Um, I mean, I the, don't know. Again, the cast is great, man. The uh, Tahar Rahim as uh, Ezekiel Sims, like yeah. that dude's really good, man. Did you see? Um, I know you saw it. Uh, God, what was it? it? Was from three or four years ago? Well, actually, it's probably like fifteen years ago now. Um, what was it freaking called? Profit? A profit? The profit? A profit. A profit. A profit. A, a, a yeah, prof- yeah. Yeah, a profit is probably my one of my top three movies of the two thousands. Like up until current twenty uh, oh, twenty. It was almost fifteen years ago. Yeah, it was two thousand nine. <laughs> He's amazing in that fucking movie. That movie's a fucking amazing. Like, you know what's a good double feature? Watching that and Shawshank Redemption because yeah. there are two prison movies that defy the word prison. Um, in a really big way. Yeah, you're right. Like he's great. Like um, he was great in that movie. Um, and yeah, I mean he's good. Oh like, shit, he's, he's really, in Napoleon. Uh yes, he is. I mean, well, like fucking everybody's in Napoleon. Yeah. Like and, like literally everybody is in Napoleon, and I don't know if I'm gonna watch the theatrical version because everybody keeps on saying like he keeps on talking about that fucking yeah. four hour yeah, cut. Yeah, he's he's got like, his four hour cut that will be released. <laughs> yeah, so. and it's like it's like oh maybe I'll wait for the four hour cut because everybody says that it's great action but character development is missing. I I read an early review that said basically like dear all the people that thought Ridley Scott was going to make a movie like praising one of the most notorious people in history like don't worry he did not make that movie to which like i i, I like a few months ago as as everything ramped up and mm-hmm. They we were for sure getting still getting Napoleon this year. I remember seeing people like I can't believe they're gonna make a movie like especially after that first trailer hit. They're gonna make a movie like glorifying Napoleon shit and and I'm like this is have y'all seen a Ridley Scott movie? 
Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> he doesn't really like the whole like that kind of thing. Like he, yeah. he's like, did you see Gladiator Man? Like, and, and he—I mean—he literally casts the same guy yeah. who who basically played the same kind of petulant, um, like, like terrible. <laughs> Yeah, fragile masculinity, like, just, like, on full display. Like, yeah, he's pretty good about doing that. Not that he doesn't also showcase, like, some, some, like, typical machismo bullshit. But, like, it's kind of with a point. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just, I was just like, I don't think that's the movie we're going to get. Like, if that is the movie we get, that's going to be the studio version of the movie. His version of the movie that'll hit video will be not that. (laughs) It'll definitely be like, here's this, (laughs) like, very, like, just shitty human being. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And um, I may go see it. I may go see it in 70 millimeter just to say that I saw it in 70 millimeter and I can wear my, my uh, 70 millimeter sweatshirt that I've been, uh, that I bought that, uh, that IMAX released. Like IMAX released this great, like, um, like it's like a, it looks like it has 70 millimeter in, in like seventies font, but it's like blue and it's a cream sweatshirt. And at the bottom, like on the sleeve, it says IMAX in small letters, but really super big. Uh, like cool. on caps um and i've just been waiting to like wear it but um but i know that it's not gonna be it's like it's it's weird because it's like let ridley just make his four-hour movie right like like, let him, like, <laughs> yeah, like release this, it. yeah this dude is not i mean not, not i know he's probably got a few good years but like he's getting yeah. up there man like just let him make his movie fuck i mean like that's what worried me about gladiator 2 was that Fucking dude so was weird. making gladiators, but when I see the cast and I hear what the what the story is, yeah. I'm like, fuck. I, I mean, if you're gonna give anybody a chance, it's him, right? Like, if you're gonna give, it's like, it's like you want to make a movie like, uh, like Killers of the Flower Moon, you give it to Scorsese. Like, you get like Gladiator Two, the sequel to Gladiator Two. You like, even if it wasn't a Ridley Scott joint. Like, you would still give it to Ridley Scott because that's, like, his bread and butter. And, like, the weirder part to me is, like, and this is, like, a bigger discussion, uh, like, is how these guys that know how to build these movies physically, not, uh, like, not in a volume, but in physical space and reality, are getting in their 80s. Some of these guys, like, so, like... Like the guys that we're talking about now that are coming up, they don't have any of these skill sets. And it's something that's very scary that that Scorsese said during the interview process, like during Killers of the Flower Moon, that made me give pause, which is he's like, you know, with my generation, when we pass, who's going to who's going to know how who's going to know how to do stunt work, physical stunt work? Who's going to know how to build a physical set and make it cheaply, but make it look real? How are the how where are our illusionists gonna go? Because all they do, and it's so funny because he was like he made the the typing sound or he like he made the typing thing. That's all they know how to do now. Yeah. And it's true. And that's fucking scary that we're we're at the point now where people are more concerned with like CGI epicness and we don't think about the 
the big like what a big project looks like and how the eye is not deceived by cgi yeah um and we're just getting to the point to where video games and like i love video games and i love epicness of video games and scale in video games but in movies when i see something that's fake it's fake it looks fake like i know a real set i know a fake set um i can tell you i can tell you like okay so like here's something very weird that happens in monarch right you can tell the moment where the spike in COVID happens because the shit starts being on location and starts being on the volume for an episode or two. And then it goes back to sets. But you can tell, your eye can tell. Whenever you decide to get to Monarch, um, when you watch it, we'll have a conversation and you'll know exactly the episodes that, that all of a sudden everything goes to the volume. And the quality, the writing is still there. Fraction and uh, fractions scripts are like you know, scraption, uh, fraction is built a is built a beautiful uh, a beautiful like like exactly what you would expect him to do. Like if you read his if you read his comic book work, if you've read his like hit like anything that he's done, you know what you're in for. Um, but the visuals are super lacking. Like because you can tell it's instantly it's like oh fuck man, it's volume, fuck. What happened to this, like, and then you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's when COVID was spiking. It was, like, last year. Uh, it was a beginning of the year, uh, uh, like, beginning of the year, end of the year. Like, they were probably filming around that time, and they had to, like, stop location shooting. They were stuck in L.A., so what did they do? Volume. Um, yeah. It's all kind of fucking, it's all kind of nutty uh, to think about the fact that, like, <laughs> that... Like, is it weird to you that we, we, like, some of our biggest visualists are making movies this year? Like, they made movies. And they, and it wasn't just, like, they're almost, the, like, the anti not establishment, but what we know as epics, right? Like, yeah. Ridley Scott doing this Napoleon epic. Like, Mark uh, Scorsese doing, uh, you know, Killers. And then you got David Fincher doing The Killer. Um, but that did like, not get to, to finish this week unfortunately it's all good oh no it's all good but i mean like but it's like these movies are all about the physical right like like fincher's movie it's like shot on location which is so odd like i always feel like i always forget that fincher regardless of like you know his control thing he does like to do like a certain amount on location but also set work too yeah um but it's like all these things where it's like like i mean Tom Cruise made one of his best stunt based movies and it's all real, right? Like there's yeah. no, there's, there's no fake. Um, but, I mean, not for nothing. Like I, I know yeah. there's a lot of CGI in it. Um, but guardians has a lot of yes. practical, uh, effects and set work in it. Yep. Um, so th- I mean, there's still people like James Gunn out there carrying parts of that torch. Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, even even Benson and Moorhead, like with Loki, the sets were there. And yeah. I know that you can work in volume, but having a set assist, like you can just tell the physicality. Yeah, you you could have put the TVA on the volume. It would have been horrible. But like, yes. yeah, to have the the TVA as an actual set to painstakingly rebuild a fucking 70s, 80s McDonald's to... So that you it it looks you know real and feels real, yeah. I mean, you still have some people, but yeah, there 
the pro- I think the problem is producers and studios, particularly studios, are just like, well, I mean, you know, we could just create it digitally, and you know, I, I, I think weirdly we're gonna wind up seeing as digital groups, digital artists, digital studios um start to uh better unionize and value yes. their own work i think we'll see a, a a better mix of that like it will stop being all 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 digital um if for some reason that doesn't happen i, I still feel like these the low budget movies are always going to fall to practical effects if they can like you know the the trauma folks will always do you know (laughs) that kind of thing like even if it's not trauma specifically um but that's a good somebody will be there to to carry that torch yes no in i think the low to the mids are going to be the ones that really kind of keep that right like they keep that purpose um, they keep that physical, like the the physicality, the like actual set building alive. Um, but I think that you are right. Like at like the it will be like there will be a moment where they'll have to do that kind of stuff where they have to like as they unionize and it becomes this whole thing of like there's a lot of money involved in that. Um, there's a lot of money that, that, that is involved in, in making, um, CGI effects because, you know, when you're, when your average CGI artist works anywhere between 60 to 70 hours a week, um, and then the whole thing of them not getting paid, like it's a really shitty situation, um, which they deserve to go on strike. Uh, you know, all, all these guys, like they, they work their asses off to create these things and it's not their fault that studios rush and make a subpar like product right they're right. just trying to meet the demands which um, just costs them you know like yeah it it's crazy to think about like pixar's movies used to take so which they still do they yeah. take so long to make and then you have studios that rush these cgi things and they look like shit people complain about them and it's just like why do you think it takes like five or six years to make a pixar movie exactly along with the story i mean let's not even talk about yeah. like, how much time they spend on story but like let's talk about like building those like you know building those animated features to the point to where like the processing time to create an image a single image is wild because like you can't force something like you can't you can give it more power and it can kind of go quicker a little bit but you don't want to force something right you don't want to like stop something processing you don't want to render stop things rendering at a certain point you want it to go to its completion and yeah like it's wild to me that to think that that somebody like somebody would think that any of that is acceptable and like it's just it just proves to me what 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 i know to be true which is like some executives are super smart super attuned and know what they're doing most of the time they are nepo babies um you know nepo babies that went to some uh, went to the right school 
um, trained in business and accounting, but not even know how to do that because these guys are fucking idiots, uh, idiot fucking dummies that don't know anything about film other than, oh, man, that was great. Yeah, let's do that again. Let's not another no punch movie. Like, like that's they're mouth breathers. So, like, if you have mouth breathers in control, of course, other than just make it go faster. Yeah, I need yeah. this done next week. Like, not even understanding what that con- the, co- the 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 consequences of that is. So, you know, we're like like we always say we're in very heady times right now, and it's very weird to watch, like, this industry both fold into itself, but also transmute into like corners and pockets that are really truly alive and beautiful like i mean like you mentioned a24 i mean like you know a24 is like like doing it right right like they're they're taking time they're taking small w's like you know priscilla isn't like the the mega hit that elvis was but you know what it's still a hit and it's making money and they're allowing sofia coppola to tell the story that she wants to tell with the correct age-appropriate actors in a story about <laughs> about somebody who basically yeah. who was basically not a good person. Like Elvis was never a good person. He was a thief. You know, he he stole. He like he was the first. Like you know, he was literally the first white rapper. Like let's be honest, right? Yeah. He stole from fucking like. None of this is talked about in the other Elvis movie. I mean, I like I like the other Elvis movie for its maximalist kind of thing. And Austin Butler is hilarious in it. And Tom Hanks should never do an accent ever fucking again. Um, but A24 did the Elvis right. And they told it from Priscilla's perspective, right? But they cast a 16-year-old girl as they should have. Yeah. Um, well, and but I mean, the, oh, the other thing about A24 is like... It's, this is what the, what blows my mind. They're also not like you know in a specific genre or mode or like yes. they can make a five million dollar movie that's like you know, not necessarily everything everywhere all at once, but like they can make these like smaller mid level movies that are really just not anything other than like entertainment yep but they can also make art and like that's what a studio like warner brothers used to do yes before it just doesn't fucking happen anymore like sony doesn't do that anymore like Disney is only really, I mean, they have other branches, but really they're only fucking Disney now. Like, you know, those other things still exist. Like even 20th century Fox still exists, but like, not really. Like, no, no, not at all. Like, like they, they, okay. So they're, they exist in name only, right? That's it. The legacy, what they produced, how they produced it, how they how they created it, like what their specifics, uh, what their specific studio tastes are, are gone. Like I know what an A twenty four joint looks like, right? I don't know what a Warner Brothers movie looks like beyond the DC fucking clusterfuck, right? But I know as soon as I see the trade, I don't have to have a tag that says A twenty four to see like 
when I see the Iron Claws trailer to know, oh, that's fucking A24. I know that's A24. Or something like the dream scenario, right? Which is like, like I'm, I really want to see that movie. It's like the ultimate Nick Cage movie, right? Um, and that, like, you don't even have to have the tag on it. You look at that and go, yeah, that's an A24 film. Like, there's a, there's a sense of personality and ownership there that's just not there anymore. Like, I remember when, like, in the 80s, I knew what a Fox movie was. I knew what a Warner Brothers movie was, um, a Disney movie. We all kind of knew it, right? Because they had a certain personality. Um, they produced certain movies. Like, you knew that Warner Brothers would always be a little bit grittier than Fox. Fox was always kind of, I mean, you know, when they made an action movie, they made Die Hard. They made Predator, which is like, you know, to say that it was always like there was a certain sheen to them. They weren't down and dirty like like Warner Brothers was, right? Like Lethal Weapon was with Warner Brothers. Like it's weird how you can kind of talk about these movies and go, yeah, that's that's the, the movie. And you knew certain filmmakers would either hop around to the different studios or they would stay with one studio because that's who they were. Right. Like uh, like Jim Cameron, once he found his home, it was Fox. I mean, he stayed at Fox because like that's him. Like Fox was always like Fox has always had a gloss to them that I feel like other studios didn't have, Um, you know, like even their indie stuff, like their Fox Searchlight stuff. It's always kind of it's a little bit glitzier and glossier than the normal like studio entry. So. Uh, just yeah. just on a lark, I googled like Warner Brothers films from 1990. So yeah. here's the list of films that Warner Brothers put out in 1990, and this is kind of what we're talking about. So Hard to Kill, Fuck. Yeah. Joe versus the <laughs> Volcano, <laughs> Gremlins Two, Quick Change, Presumed oh, wow. Innocent. My Blue Heaven, Dreams, which is the, is that the Kurosawa. last Kurosawa? Second to last. Okay. Uh, second to last. But um, it has Martin Scorsese. <laughs> yeah. The Witches. Yep. White Hunter, Blackheart. Clint Eastwood, John Ford. <laughs> Goodfellas. Scorsese. Memphis Bell. Oh, man. Reversal of Fortune. Ooh. Graffiti Bridge. Prince. The Rookie and Bonfire <laughs> of the Vanities. Like uh, that, that that's yeah. a very healthy mix of films. <laughs> yep. But also very, very like that's Warner Brothers. Like that feels like Warner Brothers. Like every one of those movies has a little bit of grit to them. Even My Blue Heaven, which is a comedy starring Tom. Uh, Rick Moranis and Steve Martin as a gangster. It's still a little like it's funny, it's hilarious, but it's still steeped in the gangster, the gangsterisms. Like it's still it's like proto like my blue heaven crawled. So analyze this and the Sopranos could run right. Like the whole gangst making fun of gangsters, like not even making fun of them, but making it more humorous than anything else. And I mean, like, of course, like, like Goodfellas, like, I think that people forget often forget that Goodfellas is a hilarious movie. It's dark shit, but it's still funny. Yeah. Um, but it's like, there's a, the sense of grit to it. 
but yeah, like we don't have that anymore. But then again, when you have somebody like fucking Zazaloff that only cares about um, about his pocketbook, and the only reason why he changes his tune, like okay, good news. We didn't. We we can kind of talk about it because we talked. You actually mentioned it to me. I didn't realize is that um, Acme versus or Coyote versus Acme is is going to be so like they're selling it to. They're no longer going to take a, re- a tax write off on it because yeah, of all the bad PR. They're going to try to shop it around. To which, um, I really hope another studio. You know who I hope takes it just to make it insult to injury is. I hope Disney does it. I hope Disney just wilds out. That would goes, be so great. <laughs> goes, to have a Warner ahead. Brothers uh, like partially animated film on Disney Plus would be insane. <laughs> or, or fuck it, release it next year as a Disney movie. Could you imagine? Like, put all your money, like, buy it for 50 and then put 100 of advertising in it, release it in March, when at the same time, like, maybe two weeks after Dune gets released... Just, or the week before Dune. Yeah. I, because can you imagine Disney making a movie featuring not its most iconic character, but one of the like like if if Disney made a a Pluto movie mm-hmm. and then was like, ah, and then shopped it around and let another studio put it out. Like, that's insane, man. Like, I realize Coyote is, and Roadrunner aren't Bugs Bunny, but they're very fucking recognizable as Warner Brothers characters. Yep. Why would you let another studio distribute that? I have no idea, bro. I have no fucking idea. Like, here's the thing. Like, I honestly, like, okay, so if Disney picks it up, I feel like... Like we're in really big trouble because everybody. The rumors are is that that they're the reason why they're doing all this shit is Zaz is up to his old fucking tricks and he wants to sell. And if Warner Brothers gets bought by Disney, there's a big fucking problem because oh, you yeah. cannot. The ecosystem can. You should not have that in the ecosystem. You need to have somebody else own that. That like we can't have entities eating entities. Because that's what's happening right now. But I will say this much. I feel like it's in Disney's best interest to purchase that. To just spend, like, even if it costs them $100 million, right? Like, say Zaz goes, you know what? I want $150 million for this. Fine, here you go. And then spend all the money to make it a hit. Because it's just an insult to injury if they can make that movie work and turn it into, like, say, a $200 million hit. And give John Cena and uh, John Cena and and Warner Brothers animation their first hit ever, right? Or their first hit in a long time. Um, but it also is a very dangerous, slippery slope. But you know, I expect nothing less from Zaz. I really don't like it, like that kind of bullshit. Like, and the only like, and this, the most insulting part about this is the like, why aren't you just releasing it? Yeah. You know why, guys? Because all of their eggs are in one basket, or two baskets right now. And one of them is Aquaman, and the other one is Dune 2. Because they're broke. Because they keep on fucking paying Zaz $250 million a year. Um, it, it, do, you, do you remember in The Office when they just don't have a boss? Yes. 
Yes. I feel like it it would be better at this point if just nobody was running the studio and, like, they were just doing things. (laughs) And somebody was just like, (laughs) oh, I don't know, ship it, like, you know, send this out to theaters. Like, give them this, you know, access to this streaming thing. So, you know, just let them put it up in the thing. Just anything would be better than, I like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't fucking get it. Um I, I'm yeah, I in 5 years it's going to be really and I know we've been saying this for over a year now. It's going to be really interesting to see what the studio landscape looks like. If it's yep. literally just Disney, Amazon and Apple and, and Paramount. And Paramount. Yeah, Paramount. Paramount sitting out there like a, a like the like an indie studio and a twenty and, and all these little mini studios, right? Like a twenty four, um, a Lionsgate. Like I, I mean, I like the I like the mini scrappy studios. Like I like the Lionsgates and the a twenty four. Yeah, of the world. me they have too. Personality. I, um, I've all I've mostly like Lionsgate is one of those that I've always been like from the jump. I'm like, oh, like even when they put out something, I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was just like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I may not go support it, but it's just like, well, they're always out there doing their thing. I love to listen to Kevin Smith talk about like his experience with Lionsgate has always just been like somebody calling him and being like, do you want some money to go do something? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I remember- whereas like in his days with Miramax was always him and like Bob and Harvey's office fucking begging for any amount of money to go make a movie and it like they he would have to do it for almost nothing meanwhile Lionsgate every year will just call him up and be like hey you did this last year you took it you know because he does his little road shows shows. like you made so much money and do you want to do that again like (laughs) They they know how to turn a profit, even though they're kind of like they've been dwindling for a while just because nobody like they've been on the market for sale. But I'm going to tell you, like the way that they conduct themselves, like I actually work with I work with Lionsgate because like their their PR stuff is pretty much them. Like they don't have a company. And so like I like anytime I go to see a see something at, uh, at Lionsgate, they are. They're always the nicest people. They have the best screening rooms. They have the best snacks. Um, like, and I know that that doesn't matter. Like, like that doesn't matter to anybody. But you know what? It does matter. You know why? Because it shows how they like to treat their people. Um, I will tell you. Anytime I've been to a Warner Brothers screening, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. And you guys can think of whatever you want to think of about Warner Brothers. But you know. The the troubles just don't go to just the studio product itself, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, because I, if you don't have anything nice to say, um, start a fucking podcast and start complaining about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean it's. I just have this weird. I'm going to close with my thought about this, which is is that my thought is like I feel like this weird kind of twitch, and I know that this is probably crazy talk, but. I feel like Warner Brothers is going to be purchased by Disney. And 
The reason why is because they know, Disney knows if they get the Warner Brothers staple, guess what happens? They can do Marvel versus DC, and that will extend out the the what they feel is the profitability of of comic book movies. I mean, because, we haven't even gotten the fucking X-Men or Fantastic Four yet. Like uh, I know, but they have to start that groundwork, right? Like when they started talking about X-Men and when they want, like, you know, when they needed the X-Men in, in Fantastic Four, they, I mean, they literally bought it, right? I mean, yeah. and one of their golden childs is in charge of DC. You wouldn't have to move anything. You may have to, you know, uh, but you have to be very cautious about that because you don't want him being, you don't want Gunn being pissed off, right? Um, but, I mean, you know, and we're already starting to see, like, I mean, we haven't even talked about Disney and, like, the DC or the Marvel stuff and, like, the, the I mean, we kind of talked about it with Deadpool. Did you get a chance to go see Marvels? I have not yet, man. Like, mm-hmm. I've been working like a, I've been working like a, like, like a, like a donkey, man. Um, so it's this weekend. I think we're doing a double feature of, I know this is going to sound wild, but Thanksgiving, because I really want to see what Eli Roth has been up to. Um, everybody has said it's a very fun slasher movie, like um, a very fun slasher movie and um, and the Marvels, because we both like my wife, like, is very upset that we haven't seen the Marvels yet because uh, Kamala Khan is probably her favorite of the of of the new era superheroes. Like she loves like she loved Kamala Khan in uh, Miss Marvel. Um, so she's kind of upset that we haven't gone and seen it. So we're we're probably seeing it this weekend, and we'll probably go uh, to her, and then I'll get to see. We'll both uh, we both want to see uh, Thanksgiving because we're both slasher fans. So yeah, I have not seen it yet. But why is everybody talking about like? Here's my favorite part: is that everybody's talking about like the comic book movies are dead just because the Marvels didn't do good because everybody hates Brie Larson. Like that's honestly like what it comes down to, right? I, like, I mean, I here's what I <laughs> here's what I don't understand. Uh-huh. I, and I know it was at the height of Marvel being Marvel. How the fuck yeah. did the first Captain Marvel movie make a billion dollars? I, uh, with with everybody saying that they've hated Brie Larson. Yeah. And this movie, everybody's like, I, I, I think if the if it's anything, it's not Brie Larson. It's not. I think there's just a lot of fatigue from this yep. shit. Yep. There is. And and. Honestly, next year, only having Deadpool, no Warner Brothers DC stuff, and Sony's ridiculous threefer of, like, big studio superhero stuff, I, I think is going to be good for everybody. Yes, and especially because Deadpool, like, I keep on thinking about it. I'm like, Deadpool is the refresher right that's the refresh button like that that is the kind of r-rated middle finger to everything not just comic book movies but just movies and sequels in general right it's the big middle finger to all of that in the best way possible um so i feel like it's kind of like what we need we need that that soft reset so that we can come back and be a little bit more excited about this stuff um uh, so yeah, no, I mean I'm all for it. Like I really am. Like, uh, it, but it's not just here. I mean because like we're not getting a new Star Wars movie. We're getting a new star. We're getting a couple of new Star Wars shows. 
but the only thing like realistically we're only getting like i like we're getting bad batch we're getting another tales of the jedi from what i understand we're getting visions again and then we're getting skeleton crew which okay can i ask you something about skeleton crew have you heard the rumors about who's supposed to be in it as a supporting character yeah i've heard a lot of rumors i'm trying to ignore them oh, okay then i won't ask you because i don't want to ruin that for you if you don't know if you don't if you if you haven't heard the big one. i may have read it um but like the deadpool 3 stuff is a similar thing where yeah. i see headlines or whatever and i'm like maybe like maybe but I, i'm <laughs> not Radcliffe gonna like the, the, the radcliffe rumor is the one that i find the most hilarious yeah yeah um <laughs> I'm just I'm trying not to like lean heavy or put a lot of credence into any of any of that because uh-huh. it's not that I want to be surprised. Honestly, it's more that I don't want to be disappointed mm-hmm. when it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. I I completely get that because when I heard who was supposed to be in Skeleton Crew? I instantly, I instantly thought of you, me, and Spencer. But I also was like, the person that's supposedly playing him is such an odd choice. But it makes sense because of his sense of humor. Um, I was like, I really want to talk, but I'm also very cautious about this. Like we've talked about before. Like you know, we always kind of like throw things, and if you're not, if you're not looking at it, and again, like you said, it's not a big deal so i i'll i'll put it to you like this and uh, this was a rumor that's floating around and i know you haven't seen the marvels but i i can safely say that uh, just this yeah. isn't spoiler because it isn't in the fucking movie the last trailer for the marvels says like watch it to see what's coming next and like there's a character that everybody swore that they saw they're like storm is in this movie like there's lightning and there's a black woman wearing white and it's storm in this movie. Like they swore up and down. I watched the trailer. I didn't see what they were seeing, but like it was all over Reddit and uh-huh. she storm's not in this fucking movie. Like she's just not in the movie. So it's that kind of shit where I'm like, I let it get in my head and then I go see the movie, and, and I didn't with Storm. I, Storm's not a character that I love. But when it's a character I might love, then if I get it in my head that it's going to be in the movie, like, like if I had an inkling that Darth Maul was going to be in Solo for even a fucking second, and then it didn't happen, I would have been so pissed. But because I didn't know it was coming when we saw Darth Maul in Solo, I was fucking over the moon. Yes. Like, and it's not because of the surprise. It's just now I'm, I'm more of the, like, I don't want to build this movie in my head and be utterly disappointed when it doesn't fucking happen. And, I a hundred percent agree with that. Like I really do. Like, like building something up in your head is like the worst thing that could possibly happen when you're, especially with movie watching, right? Like, and especially with this comic book stuff, because it becomes, or the 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 
the superhero films uh, or Marvel, like anything with having to deal with Marvel, it's kind of like, oh, uh, that didn't happen. And now I'm kind of pissed off because I built it up. Even with the Star Wars stuff, it's like the people like, you know, like what could possibly be what is and what's also like rumor. Um, yeah, it kind of gets all this stuff like and it makes it for ultimately a disappointing experience when you don't get what you want because it, you can say whatever you want right but at the end of the day if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen and it was never that movie to begin with um though uh like i like the idea of like having these things there that could be a possibility but you are right in regards to like building it up is a bad thing um so so yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, did we want to kind of we? I guess we should talk about the Pedro Pascal of all of it. Like he's trying to go for an egot, but with <laughs> pop culture stuff. Like that's literally what he's doing. He's trying to go like I mean. So we have him in Star Wars. Um, he's got video game shit going on, and he about to like it seems like he about to join. Like we talked about. I mean. Reed Richards, right? Like, like yeah. that's the rumor. And like, the thing that I wrote you was like the thing that I we we texted about, or like I texted you about was was like, you know, Reed has always been a simp, but you put Pedro Pascal in that role, and he's not a simp anymore. Like, it's kind of a weird, like, it changes the dynamic. But is that something that you need cinematically? I mean. Here, so it's so weird. Yes, it makes sense. If so, if you are casting, and you got you got to kind of know your Fantastic Fours, like most of the Marvel yeah. characters, where they start and where they are now aren't always the same thing. Um, usually, yeah. they aren't the same thing. Um, Reed in the original Fantastic Four was very much, uh, I mean, you gotta be a certain kind of person to call yourself Mr. Fantastic. This is true. (laughs) And he gave himself that name. So either you're very, very confident or you're so not confident that you give yourself that name. It's really only one of those two things. And the early read is that confident read. Yeah. You're right. Like I, I never thought about that, but I also feel like early read Richards feels like the prototype for Don Draper. Yes. Um, like if John Hamm got cast as Reed Richards, I would not be surprised. Like if this Pedro stuff is all subterfuge, like done by Marvel social media to kind of like, like to kind of like, cause I mean, we've seen it before, right? Like where there are certain people that were supposedly like, like on, on tap to be cast and they never did. They, they never like Marvel says they never were, but we know that they totally were Joaquin Phoenix. Um, we've seen the production art. Fuck you guys. Um, don't say that you never did not, not 
like consider him and got yeah. close to signing him. Um, but like you said, I think that it was literally like he got into witchcraft and he was like, I can't open portals yet. So I don't want to, I don't, I really don't want to, <laughs> <Yeah>. to take <laughs> on <laughs> Dr. Strange. <laughs> Meanwhile, a hundred percent believe that he's painted himself up like a clown and probably killed a homeless man. So <laughs> exactly. at least one or two. <laughs> uh, um, the the you know. odd thing of the Pedro Pascal for me, mm-hmm. like a lot of people are like, oh, like I don't just don't see. I'm like, ah, I see him as like the early like fucking. I want to punch like outside with Doom, punch him in the face. Read like yeah. I totally see him as this guy who is oblivious to the fact that he turned his best friend into a fucking monster. Um, yeah, a rock monster. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> just like this is great, isn't it, guys? Um, yeah. The or or his or his soon to be younger brother or like step bro- uh, yeah. brother in law into a flaming literally yeah. a, a man who's on fire constantly. Um, the baffling thing to me is, I know Pedro Pascal isn't ancient. Yeah, but. And, and I know it's more like a Downey thing where Downey yes. was pretty old when he was cast as Tony. Um, but they've trended so much younger that yeah. casting this movie with somebody who's probably not going to want to play this role for much longer than Downey played, or probably not for any longer than Downey played Iron Man. You know, I, Seems kind of weird to me, um, but that I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You are correct. Like I don't think that that is a bad thing. Um, but also, like you know, you have like for me, it, it becomes like they're saying the contract negotiations, and what that means, like, um, have you started to read the Joanna Robinson book? Uh, the, no. the or I'm sorry, uh, the the Dave Gonzalez Joanna Robinson book. So it's very interesting because they do talk a little bit about those contract negotiations and what that means. And it kind of shed a new light on things for me um, because so like the biggest hurdle right now for like the rumor is the biggest hurdle right now is allowing Pedro to do what he wants to do and also contend with his schedule with all of the Star Wars work that he's doing. But more importantly, because they want to move forward very quickly on the um on the movie the fantastic four movie it's going to rub up against the last of us season two which which is filming on location yeah and he's he's definitely passionate about that yes and Uh, from the lineup and then if you've heard the casting rumors about who they're trying to get for season two the level of actor of course he's going to want to be there for all of it um so it, it creates this weird, interesting thing where just because he wants to do it in there in negotiations doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. Um, because he also is like, he's also a slave to his contracts and he has a big one with, with Disney and Marvel already, or I'm sorry, Disney and star Wars. Yeah. I mean, because essentially he Which is, is now dude. way more like it's way more, uh, Lucrative, I guess, than uh, used to it. It is essentially yeah. now just voiceover work. Like yep. he's on set maybe once per season. Um, um, exactly. But 
I've heard rumors that the Star Wars movie that they're making or like, and here's the other rumor. It's not just a movie. It's a trilogy that Filoni is making for Heir to the Empire um, is going to be at such that he is going to be needed for these movies. Right now, they're not yeah. filming them all at the same time. They're going to be every couple of years. But they're from the room. The rumors that I heard was is that this is going to be their launch of theatrical again. If yeah. that's what it, if that's what this is going to be, well, and when, then from there, go ahead. With Star Wars, it would be in house. I I think they yeah. would find a, a workaround with a, a lot of that. Yeah, it's yeah, the, the the Last of Us schedule that would be the big thing, and also he does like to do his like other things. You know, he doesn't yeah. want to just be tied up in these three things for the next near decade. You know. Yes. Like, he wants to do smaller projects. He wants to do, you know, uh, things. I, the other thing that lends, not that it, it it's a rumor at this point, but uh, the other thing that makes me go like, oh, yeah, of course, is that he was also in Wonder Woman 1984. M- Marvel and Kevin Feige love to cherry pick people from yes. <laughs> the, the DC projects and go you know what they deserve better and put them in marvel projects um i think pedro pascal and vanessa kirby would be very very fun together um that would be a that would be a thirsty as shit movie like i mean but i feel like marvel that's what's been missing from marvel in a lot of ways is that you don't have the the lustiness do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's not this you like kind of need old. Like, you can do it with the like teen teen crowd, but like when yeah. you do it with the teen crowd, you have to make it like so poppy and vapid. Yeah. When you do it with the over forty crowd, like it it just it it works better. You don't have to do it like it's a fucking music video. You can make it not not adult like triple X, but just more just well, you can make it like 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 an emission possible movie, right? Yeah. Because like like the thing that I I find refreshing is that there's chemistry there. Like like you like I think we talked about last year, which was that or like when we talked about it was that Haley Atwell and Tom Cruise, like the instant that they're on screen, it's like damn, they have yeah. chemistry. Like you can tell that each one of them, it's like I can't like be the shit you used this. to see in old movies where it's like, oh, it's not necessarily about having a sex scene. It's just about creating that chemistry, and yes, not well, and, and having it in other situations that aren't just like, oh, look at them in their tight costumes or you know doing like sexy flips and like just shit like that you know it, it's yeah <laughs> oh, well okay so like it's like okay so the perfect example of it, like the what i call the meter the meter um is romancing the stone yeah like michael douglas and kathleen turner look like they both want to fuck the shit out of each other and that moment in like it's solidified in the one moment where they go down the, they have like that mudslide thing and he yeah. ends up between her legs in the water. And when he gets up, the look on his face, like, holy shit. I like, 
you can just tell the industry energy and the chemistry. And I'm not saying that that needs to be exact. Like there don't need to be a moment where fucking Pedro Pascal like ends up between Vanessa Kirby's thighs, though. I know that fucking like that's an image anyways. Um, but there needs to be a level of chemistry like that, that we haven't seen. Like in we, we have Marvel. seen it though. We saw it in the first captain America movie. <laughs> that's true. Haley Atwell and, and Chris Evans were damn. I mean, it's the thing that they latched onto through the whole fucking series for captain for cap, you know? Um, but it can't be unconsummated. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like Kirby and Kirby and Pedro, like Vanessa Kirby and Pedro Pascal, are the kind of ice and fire that you need that creates steamy, right? Like Vanessa Kirby, like I told you, I'm like she's the she's the Hitchcock blonde that Hitchcock never got. Yeah, like she she was created by the cinematic gods to. 50 years too late because she really should have been one of the last like Hitchcock blonde, icy, cool goddesses. Right. But she wasn't, or she could have been Sharon Stone in basic instinct. Right. Like, like it's literally, she has that look, but she, not only that, she has that skill to do that. And between her and Pedro, it feels like a, it's a right thing. Right. Like I want, I want to understand, like, I want, a relationship that it feels right. Like, you know, like everything in the Spider-Man movies is all, is all social media stuff. It's never, it's not in the movie itself. Right. It's what we know about Tom Holland and Zendaya. Like that's, that's what makes that work, which it doesn't work. Like if you watch the movies themselves, yeah, it's not their, their relationship. Like, I just do honestly do not give a shit about. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, don't <laughs> I care way shit. more about um, uh, Peter and Ned than mm-hmm. <laughs> Peter and MJ. The, yeah, the bromance of Ned and 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 Peter is is definitely like there, but with the Fantastic Four because it's about a a, a family, I feel like you really do need like. It's always better when you see a movie where you know mom and dad fuck. Like, I know that sounds dirty, but I'm thinking of, like, say, Poltergeist, right? Like, Poltergeist spends a lot of its time, the first 30 minutes, with the family, but also specifically with Craig T. Nelson and, um, what is it, Joe Beth Williams, I think. Yeah. Joe Beth Williams? Yeah. And the chemistry that they have is palpable. But it also informs on everything that happens afterwards, all of the supernatural, because like the moment where you see Craig T. Nelson bring her really close to him and he kisses her, it matters because of all the shit that you saw before, because they're still attracted to one another. And I feel like ultimately, I don't know if it's like the problem with the other Fantastic Four movies, if I really think about it, is that it doesn't feel like they're a family, but it also doesn't feel like Ian Golf and Jessica Alba are not even just attracted to one another, but are in the same goddamn universe making a yeah. movie together. Yeah. Um, it's just not... Whereas, like, you can buy the Pedro Pascal if it's Vanessa Kirby. Pedro Pascal, yeah. Vanessa Kirby. Like, you buy that dynamic. Then you just need a hot-headed younger actor to like break all that up. And then also somebody, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame. We already have him as Hercules in the MCU because 
I feel like Roy Kent would be the perfect uh, person to play Ben Grimm. But, uh, you know, that is what it is. So, Well, I'm going to throw somebody at you that I feel like could do it, though I don't know if they let him, is um, is his is his writing partner in Shrinking, um, uh, Jason. Um, Jesus Christ, what is his last name? I'm a man, not a Muppet. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That would uh, be Jason Siegel. Yeah, Jason Siegel. That would be interesting. Uh, because because he's never been allowed to do that, but he's also that kind of good-natured lumbering guy that Ben is. I mean, though he has to be kind of New York, right? Like Ben has always been known as the ultimate New Yorker. Yeah. Um, so. I don't know if that's going to work, but Jason Siegel, I, I like, it gives a different energy. You just need somebody different than Pedro. You need somebody a little bit more pure. Like yeah. Brett Goldstein is kind of pure in that, like you need somebody working class, right? Like that's yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. Like you definitely need like, like somebody that isn't, that isn't, that isn't a trickster. And so yeah. like, you could like you know what you could eat like you need somebody age appropriate too because it's like you need somebody in their mid 40s if you're going to do that because he's you know he's uh he's reed's best friend uh so like the the number of people that you can get are slim because they've already most of them have already played some kind of version of that or some kind of character yeah. in the marvel cinematic universe um the like because like ultimately it would have been hilarious if you could get John Favreau, but John Favreau's already oh, played. Yeah, man, that would be great, <laughs> right? Like, like Favreau or somebody like of that nature, like somebody like that. Like, I don't know. Like, there's somebody that I need. There's somebody that we're actually. He's a little too old, but but and it would be opposite of what he usually plays. But Vince Vaughn would also be another. I one. was, you know what? He was on the tip of my tongue. I was like. I was just thinking, if Vince Vaughn was a better actor, I think he could do it. <laughs> yeah, he could. He he really he really could. Um, it, but it's like there's this thing where it's like it takes like a true like I'm fairly certain there's like 40 New York New York actors right that that are out there that are in their 40s that could play the shit out of it. I mean, hell, Pedro's probably friends with some of these guys. Um, you know, but it also like, like you also like you get Johnny and Johnny's also another one. That's a, a very tepidacious casting, right? Because he has to kind of, the thing that I hated about, um, all of the, the, <laughs> all of the stupid fantastic four stuff is that all of them, like they didn't feel like brother and sister, right? Like Sue and Sue and Johnny never felt like brother and sister. They didn't even look like brother and sister. So like, who do you get? Like, if you get Vanessa Kirby, who do you get that's like an, an analogous to her, but also like has a different energy to her to him? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Chris Evans was kind of like the perfect Johnny Storm, though. And, yeah. and how hilarious is it that he turned out to be the perfect Cab? I mean, so much so that I don't know if we're ever going to get another recasting of Cab. Like, he's kind of like that thing where it's like. I guess we're going to need about 20 or 30 years like Superman, like Chris Reeve. Like, and even then I'm going to tell you Chris Reeve is Superman. 
he like through and through. Like they haven't gotten anybody close to. They've gotten within shouting range, but I mean, hell, like it's Chris Reeve. Like he was like I don't know. There's certain roles that just feel like they're defined by a single actor, and it becomes a very difficult thing to do. And I feel like Cap. I think it's because of the movies that Cap was in, and that there's no dip in quality in those movies. Like, none. Like, the worst movie that he was in was an Age of Ultron. And even then, I mean, is Age of Ultron really a bad movie? No. It's just a one-off. It's an annual, right? Like, it's the equi- it's a cinematic yeah. equivalent of an annual. Um, so, but yeah. Like, I, I'm excited. I, I think I might have oh. Ben Grimm. He'd have to... If you cast him now, he has enough time. Because he has gained some weight. But y- okay. you need him to be in a little bit of shape, and uh, he might be a little too old. Okay. But I think David Krumholtz might be. Oh. Oh man, that would be a good one. Or go laterally, and the guy that everybody says is him, but it's not. Um, uh, Jake Johnson. Yeah, Drake Johnson would be good too. Um, they have that. They have that similar working class energy. David Krumholtz would actually be a great. Ben one. Grimm is one of the most prominent Jewish superheroes. Like that is true. That is so, true. So, uh, Johnson would be good too. I I would say either one of those, and barring either one of them, even though he's he's a, a maybe a little too tall, but maybe it works. Mm-hmm. He's also beefed up for plenty of roles. Uh, Adrian Brody, also a really oh, good choice. <laughs> that would be a that actually I like that choice. I like that choice a lot. Um, that's actually kind of a oh man. Now I, that's that's kind of what I, I like any any three any any one of those three I I think are are extremely extremely solid because um, they can <laughs> both play like. Both. They all three can play kind of leading, like they can lead a scene, but also are very, very good at playing the uh, the second, you know, the yeah, kind the of side fi- character. Yeah, second yeah, fiddle. The, the, yeah, second fiddle. Like, like definitely, like you're um, you're on, like uh, you're definitely on that. Um, uh, it would be. Like it's gonna it's gonna have to be somebody. It, this this casting is probably some of the more important casting that they've done in a long time because of what it means to the what it means to this particular brand, right? Because like we were talking about, they're kind of if they're going with Young Avengers and the old pe- the old guard is officially done with. You need an old, like, not an old guard, but, like, a, a more mature team to be your Avengers, to be your, these are the stars that we're, we're working with. Um, you know who another wild, I'm just going to throw one more wild out there for Brent, Ben Grimm. Uh, two, actually, two of them. Even though I don't think that they would choose him because he's a little too comedic, but it would be great, Andy Samberg, to give right. him a shot. Yeah, Sandberg, Sandberg would be really good too. Like I, I'd be down for that. Like, yes, in any one of those four people, I am absolutely on board with. Um, yeah. Yeah, oh, man. And also, yeah. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. 
Bill Hader just can do that out there. anything, though. Like, it, just to see him with Pedro, like, to, like, occupy the same space, but then also, because he's kind of a New Yorker, to be that New Yorker. Yeah. And, and go with that. Oh, man. Whew, there, there's a lot of possibility, but I also think that we're going to have to wait and see. And if anything, Marvel casting, like, regardless of what I think of Marvel and what they're doing recently and their choices, their casting has always been on spot on and will continue to be spot on. So um, I, before we go, I want to hit you with uh, something that I stumbled onto last week. Okay. Um, I, so I've, I've been watching the Frasier reboot, uh, which yes. I'm still enjoying. I get why okay. people aren't loving it. It is a little too sitcom-y. Uh, this latest episode had the return of Lilith. I mean, they, they oh. still have that thing, you know? Really? Yeah. That's inter- they just, that's interesting. They work so well together. Like, you know... She's the deadpan, so, and she works so well. Bibi Newworth is a fucking queen. So, I'm watching Frasier last mm-hmm. week, and generally, when Frasier ends, like a uh, Paramount Plus, which you you have, I think, right? So, yeah. if you're yeah. watching something and there's no new episode, it'll go into something kind of related. With Frasier, yes. it's always been Cheers. Like okay. it will just default and start playing the first episode of Cheers, where oh, Jesus the, the kid walks into the bar and so and yes. I always just turn it off. Well, this time I would guess I was doing the dishes or something, and mm-hmm. I turn around and it's not playing Cheers. It's playing a show called Colin from Accounts. Okay, and I've never heard of this. I, so I'm like, what? What the hell is this? And this is the opening of a show. It's these two people, a man and a woman, both like alarm clocks going off, getting up, getting ready for work. But then there's a third thing in there with this dog who is like getting out of his enclosure, like his living space. And oh. like it's all these intercut scenes. The the man gets in his car, he's driving to work. The woman is walking across the street. The dog is leaving the fenced-in yard. The woman flashes the dude in the car, like, just as a, like, I, I guess just to be cheeky, he, you know, kind of has a moment and winds up hitting the dog. Oh, shit. So... This is an Australian show about two strangers who almost accidentally kill a dog and their lives wind up completely entangled into each other. Oh, is it a rom-com? Kind of, sort of. Okay. I like the concept. It's it's half hour. Okay. Um, It came out in 2022, I guess. With with the strikes and everything, Paramount Plus needed something, so I I guess they picked up this show and are are airing it. Only the the whole I I guess it's just one series. I don't know. It's out there, like if you mm-hmm. can find it. But they've only aired four or five episodes. There's eight episodes total. Okay. Um, 
they've aired four so there's four more to go um it stars um hold on let me pull it uh patrick bramel who was in evil i don't know if you watched that show which i think was also on paramount plus yeah um and harriet dyer uh they're the two main leads um I can't, I don't, Harriet Dyer's in a show called American Auto. I don't know. I, like, I, I haven't watched it, but I know that it was like kind of the replacement for a superstore. Yeah. And so it's kind of got that kind of ensemble wackiness. I've, I wanted to make it beyond season two. Like I wanted them to have like a a full season two before I actually committed to actually watching. Well, it watching. does, and then it got canceled. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's the that's the nature of the beast, right? So you kind of don't and do and don't and do. So, but I'm aware of it. I'm definitely Anna Gastar is a big thing for for me and my wife because she's great. So it's a fun yeah. show. I I I actually did not know that that this woman was not an American. <laughs> oh wow i'm watching oh, this shit. show and i was like oh shit <laughs> she's not from america <laughs> <laughs> that's great um but uh it's it's really funny it's mm-hmm. really uh disturbing at times like huh. it, it's not afraid to go play this is not really spoilery mm-hmm. they after hitting the dog, they have a debate on like what to do with the dog. She, of course, is just like, we, we have to take it to the vet. They take it to the vet. Uh, there's this uncomfortable thing where the only vet he knows is this girl that he used to date. And oh, um, Lord. so like, it's this, but anyway, like she has to explain to them, like the dog is like, like you've severely injured the dog severed, like it's spinal uh, column oh, the Jesus. dog has no more use of its back legs and like this is what it's going to cost or we can put the dog to sleep so they have a very serious discussion about like the kind of thing you don't ever really want to think about when it's like it's going to cost eight thousand dollars to save this dog's life and it's going to cost twelve hundred dollars to put this dog to sleep and so they have that weird conversation, that uncomfortable conversation yes. of, should we kill it? Uh, yes. Like, because essentially you're murdering the dog. Right. Um, because uh, the dog you know, can live, but it's yes. going to cost, like, the dog will never have use of its back legs. That, like, it, it, and it's, it's funny, but also very real. Because, like, those are the kinds of conversations and you know this as a dog owner, you don't want to fucking have, man, because you don't have those conversations about your children when you take your yeah. child to the doctor. It's not like, oh, well, we could put the kid to sleep or it's going to cost $100,000 to save its life. That's not the conversation you have with the child, but it is a conversation you have to have when you own an animal, possibly at some point, you know, yes. like, and also the like, it, it might not work. Like we could try to save this dog's life. It's going to cost you eight grand. May not even work. Dog might die anyway. And, and like, and that's in like the first ten minutes of the first episode. And so, uh, 
what happens is they become responsible for this dog and their lives just get intermeshed with one another because this they have to share responsibility for this dog and it, it like i said it's very funny but it's also very real and a little ridiculous at times um as soon as I, I like I, I restarted the first episode because I was like, I, I've missed something, which was the very beginning where I was like, why are they having to take care of this dog? Um, <laughs> but after the first episode, I was like, I've got to tell Adam about this show because this I feel like this is right up his alley in the like the sense of like it being a about an, an animal that brings people together and also being very real, very uncomfortable, very funny. Um, you know, it, it's, yeah, I, I really, really dig it. Um, okay. Patrick Bramble, I was not super familiar with. Um, he also created the show. Uh, okay. But I really dig this dude, man. Um, I, I, okay. I, I want to go back and watch some other things that he's done uh not evil but just uh, like i they were both in a show that i always wanted to watch called no activity that i think might also be on paramount plus huh okay um, um what that one i am not familiar with so, so. It, no activity i i i only ever watched like a clip of it and it has a ton of people in it but basically it is about cops on stakeouts and they're just sitting in their car and it's just the ridiculous shit that they talk about like yeah. they're just staking out a thing where there's no activity and talking to each other so it's it's literally like improv Without or like action. a stage play, yeah, like a single, like a like a single act stage play. Okay, yes. that makes sense. Okay, okay, okay. But like I get Harry, it. I Harry get the in that too. Um, but like if you pull up no activity, the, it, the like Rose Byrne was in some episodes. Um, I can't. Uh, Jake Johnson was in some episodes. Oh uh, shit! Okay. It, it's just it's, it was a ridiculous like concept to I think they even did some uh, some animated shorts um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I want to go back and watch that now because he was heavily yeah they did um, and this was back in like 2015 mm-hmm. uh, and then 2017 was the the animated ones um, which featured uh, like a lot of uh american voice cast tim meadows jason manzoukas amy sadaris uh jesse plemons um anyway it was it it looked like an interesting idea and i just never got around to watching it but after watching this show i was like this dude's really funny and uh he's not afraid of like really leaning into the uncomfortable but i think you dig this show so it's on paramount plus there's four episodes they're putting them out. It seems weekly. Uh, it might be two a week. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, definitely, definitely worth the watch. I also hear that the... the I, I can't watch it 
because he makes me too uncomfortable. But with uh, it's Emma Stone and uh, Nathan yes, Nathan Filder. Uh, Nathan Filder like curse. that's actually yes, that's the one that I'm actually really excited about because Paramount Plus actually is releasing it at the same time that Showtime is. I guess they know that they've got like a well, uh, a need to uh, watch kind of thing. Every all the original stuff on Showtime is now also on Paramount Plus. Oh, that's why my that's why my my subscription increased for no reason whatsoever, or what I thought was no reason other than inflation. Yep, they kind of gave nope. me some. Show, oh, so I get all Showtime's content. <laughs> you uh, should, you should. Okay. Um, okay. That was what uh, I I read some press release about it. Like now, all of Showtime's originals and stuff are now on Paramount Plus as well. So there was a okay. a price hike. So. Okay, well then there's an actual reason why Thank you yeah. so much um, um, I, uh, I just wish the fucking the, Some, like uh, They pissed me off, man Like, it's the app designs on these things are so fucking terrible But it's so whatever So terrible, bro So terrible That is actually a, that is a conversation for another time So, um, But yeah, de- but, definitely I think it's worth checking out Especially if you're looking for something Not super, super lighthearted Mm-hmm. It, I, I would say it will kind of sort of fill the righteous gemstones void of like this is funny okay. and uncomfortable and it's not as extreme as righteous gemstones but okay. uh and, and no like other than like that initial thing with the dog like there's no like you know anything super super it's weird how by episode four the dog is kind of this like Background piece <laughs> Oh shit <laughs> It's still really really funny Um like The funny uh, Funny thing in the fourth episode is like He has a follow vet appointment And he takes the dog to see To the vet and He's like so when is the dog gonna walk Again and she has to very clearly Again explain to this man That the dog is never Going to walk again they have him They have wheels on his back legs so, uh, which I'm sure you've seen dogs, yes. you know, with the it's like a little doggy wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> Him having to realize that for the rest of this dog's life, he's going to have to like do all of these things. It's really kind of funny. <laughs> that is funny. That's funny as shit, dude. Um, all right. Well, I will definitely have to have to check it out uh, because I'm. I'm curious now that you've told me about it and you've given me the elevator pitch and kind of talked to me about it. I'm like, okay, let's see what this is all about. Um, all right. Um, so I guess that's it. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we went weird sideways things, but I mean, like those are always my favorite episodes because we just get to talk about so much and some unexpected stuff. And so everybody kind of gets, everybody gets a win out of this one. Um, where can people find except, you on the internet? Except for oh, David Zaslav. Fuck that dude. So fuck that dude. I mean, he's got he's got half a billion dollars in bonuses. I think he can take our he can take like, but then again, I, I <laughs> yeah, our criticisms. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if he was like one of the few people that actually listened to our shit and he's just like sitting there plotting his revenge against us? Like I mean, with all he's of his, all like, for buying shit. I this yeah. show can be bought really, really cheap. <laughs> Yes, I can. Uh, in, Much in, cheaper than it costs you to fucking run Warner Brothers. 
Exactly. Give, me, <laughs> give us a month of your salary. We'll split it two ways. We'll never podcast about you ever again. <laughs> exactly. We will. I, I won't. If you give me I one month, of, <laughs> if, if Zaz gives me half of his salary for a month, I will quit podcasting forever because <laughs> his salary, his bonus salary for a month. Yeah. I mean, if you divide it out, that's probably more than I'll make in my entire lifetime. And that should tell you how much you need to know about about David Zazaloff and the money that he makes. Oh. Um, uh, but yeah, check out everything else I'm doing over at xwingfiles.com, um, including Pod Lasso, the Ted Lasso podcast, um, and of course, well, Stars on a bit of a hiatus till next year, and Marvel. Probably on a hiatus until um, who knows? Well, Echo's coming out. Echo's coming out. So. Yes, it is. Uh, oh, and what if season two? We didn't even talk about that. That's a good fucking trailer, man. Oh, that um, is a really good trailer. So uh, yeah, go check out all that stuff over at xwingfiles.com, and of course, you can check out my writing over at Adam's site. Yes, we we didn't even get to talk about the the importance of Tony Scott in our life, but. That can always be a question. That can always be a conversation at a later time. Uh, the reason why I mention that is because uh, Logan's piece on Man on Fire, one of my favorite pieces that he's done so far, um, <coughs> is on the site and live and ready for your your reading and entertainment. And um, yeah, it will make you want to not just not re not just revisit like Man on Fire, which man, it's a fucking great film, but it'll also make you want to kind of reconsider Tony Scott. And what he did, and what it means to be a brother, and everything that's happening uh, with, like you know, everything that happens with grief, uh, because it's a, it's a it's a continuation of the of the grief conversation, um, which ultimately is like you know the backbone and spine of of uh, movie pictures. So I'm really excited for people to read it because it just went live yesterday. Uh, so please read it. Uh, you can read my work. I've been reviewing a ton there's still a ton more to get reviewed um uh so there's all that good all the good stuff that's on the site right now uh you can read my monarch legacy of monsters uh review i've i've gotten everything but the last two episodes so i've basically seen everything that you're you've like that's available to you which is the first two episodes and everything that's coming up so uh when i say that it's a truly great show it's a truly great show um, Matt, Matt Fraction really kind of did a one, uh, did a did a loop to loop with the uh, with this show and kind of gave gave you the heart that was missing in the other Godzilla movies. Like the people are always cannon fodder in the American versions of Godzilla movies. This kind of recontextualizes it and gives you characters that you actually care about and you don't mind that kaiju's maybe not show up except for maybe once or twice in an episode. So there's that. So we'll be back next week, I think, unless Logan has some plans to uh, that are going to keep him from uh, podcasting next Thanksgiving Saturday. Not as of yet. So, okay. I, well, hell, we could probably do it on Friday because I, I, I mean, either or way, I'm probably working and uh, I will have some time. I will probably have time in between on a Friday to to do whatever we need to do. I'm currently trying to procure an animal, so. Oh, there's a chance that I will be uh, traveling or or doing something next weekend involved involving me getting a dog. So, oh, 
congratulations. Uh, we'll have to actually text about that. Um, uh, we'll have to actually text about that as you like, because this is news to me and that's exciting. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I have allergies, so it has to be a hypoallergenic dog, which is causing hiccups. Um, so I, I've, I've got a lot of feelers out and I'm just trying to be very open to like, if some, if something happens to just absolutely being down and just going like, yep, I, I will be there at that time and everything else would just have to wait. So doodles go for something that's a doodle, like a yeah. doodle, uh, burn a doodle. I, something. I, I was looking at Yorkies, which Yorkies are dogs that I absolutely love. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, they just, they, I, you can buy a puppy, um, uh, which, you know, I know the way people feel about that problem is yeah. dogs like that. <laughs> my bougie ass has to have a bougie ass dog because my allergies. So I like dogs like that don't really come up for adoption. They don't wind up in shelters. They don't, nope. you know, so it, it's creating a bit of a, uh, problem so okay. I'm, I'm right now i'm trying to find a rescue so that you know i'm not yeah i'm part of the solution not part of the problem um, absolutely but uh that might not be the route i'm able to go um so we'll see anyway um but yeah we'll be back hopefully next week you know talking about uh whatever else we got on black friday or uh Possibly, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, possibly the Marvels if you've seen it by then. Hope I really do. So uh, yeah, we will. We will talk to you guys then. We'll see you then. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, Doctor Who. Number eleven, Doctor Who. Number twelve, Doctor Who. Number thirteen, Doctor Who. Number fourteen, Doctor